0: Okay, Okay, good morning Happy Sabbath Church. I'm Sherwin here, I'll be sharing the sermon today. So before we start, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in Heaven, thank you for the opportunity of service here this morning. Now as I share the good news with the people here, your people, Lord, speak through me and may this sermon be according to your will. Just let me pray, Amen. So this morning, I entitled my sermon, Make a Stand for Jesus. Make a Stand for Jesus. But before this, let me share a problem that I've been facing since my primary school days, my secondary school days. Well, I've been, I've been affected by this problem again and again, especially this. I'm not sure about in Singapore, but back in Malaysia, or, or even the school that I attended to, especially during the festive season of Chinese New Year, Hari Raya or Deepavali, Just to have one extra day of that holiday, the school will definitely arrange a replacement class on Saturdays. So Saturdays, the students have to go back to school. So Monday to Friday is normal class, and Saturday is an extra replacement class. And this has definitely affected me because I am usually the only Adventist in the school. I I go into a, a Chinese school, so I'm the only Adventist there. And so what I did was that I asked my dad, who is also a pastor, to draft a letter to explain to the school why I'm unable to join the replacement class on Saturday. So I could remember uh, the content of the the letter saying that uh, we're an Adventist, we observe the Sabbath on Saturday, we go to church, we do not do other activities other than the church-related activities. So friends around me, uh, some of them, they get jealous, like, oh, why should we skip class on Saturday? Just because of a letter, you can skip class, extra rest day. So some of them got jealous. But some of them, they, they imagine those letters, right? The teacher had to open a file just to compile my letter. So you can imagine a lot of those letters have been drafted. Not me, but my dad. So my friends were very persistent in their persuasion to ask me, come la, come to class, la, come to class, la, go to church next time, la, next week la. But then I'm also very persistent. I'm also very persistent to go to church, but not to go to class on Saturday. Well, they until the point they get so used to me not coming to church, I mean, not coming to class on Saturday, and then what they do is that they will help me to take notes, they will help me to collect the homework and pass it to me on the next Monday, the following Monday. So, which brings me to my next slide. Do I it here? Okay, which brings me to my key text of this morning, which you can open from your Bible, your physical Bible, your phone Bible which is also shown on the screen. I chose the the text for today, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So it says, "Do Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's go into another version. This version is from NIV, New International Version. Let's go to a simpler version so that we can even understand it simpler. This version, I call it the easy to read version, which you can also check on your uh, online Bibles for this simpler version. It says, Do not change yourself to be like the people of this world, but let God change you inside with a new way of thinking. Then you'll be able to understand and accept what God wants for you, and you'll be able to know what is good pleasing to Him, and what is perfect. It's very clear. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's very clear that God wants you to be different. But what is stopping you? Okay, things like anxiety, anger, depression, directionless, self-entitlement, pride, false morality. This, this, this kind of nature of things happen around us every single day, or what we call a false, a, what we call a toxic reality. Toxic reality which is very common among people around us. People around us are suffering from this, no doubt. And yes, it does affect us somehow or another. So it is not easy not to be conformed when everyone around you is giving you the peer pressure, is living such a life. So sometimes we tend to fall again and again. It, it, repeatedly, we get to, we fall down. But then the Bible text this morning, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, clearly tells us that God wants our conviction, our value, our opinion to be aligned as Him, to be the same as Him. Meaning to say that God wants our value to be the same as Him, to go aligned with Him. And that's how we can make a stand for Him. So it means that how I treat others is how God wants me to treat other people. How I love someone is how God wants me to love someone. How I operate my business is how God wants me to operate my business. How I treat my boss, my colleague, is how he wants me to treat my colleagues and boss. So now, the next thing that pops into our mind is this kind of doubting question. Your mind will be full of question marks, such as, um, what if I do this? What will happen? If I follow what God wants me to do, will it be wrong? Will it be right? I don't really trust him. Can I follow my own way? What if it doesn't go according to what I want? So this kind of question lingers in our mind when we want to make a stand for God. But then this question often slingers in our mind when we want to make a stand for God. So let's look into the Bible to see who had all the reason to give in to temptation, to give in to the pressure around them, but they did not. They stood by their value and keep it very strong by faith. So as you can see this picture, you know which story I'm going to troubleshoot this morning. Let's go into the Bible at Daniel chapter 3 verse 1 onwards. Okay, Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. I'm sure that we are quite familiar with this story, Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But today we are going to, uh, I'm going to summarize this story in a short one so that we can go through this story quickly and we can go into the main part of the sermon. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he built a huge statue and he ordered one of his servants to issue a decree or what we call an order to the people of the nation and say that people and people of all nations of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the harps, all the instruments, what you should do: you must fall down and you must worship the the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has built. And the important part: who does not fall, who did not fall down, or worship, or to bow down this statue? will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace, into the fire. And so what happened next? As soon as they heard the sound of the people there, they bowed down. They worshipped this ghost statue. And then after that, some of the astrologers came forward to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, Your Majesty, we know that you issue a decree that once the instrument is being played, once the sound has been played, everyone must bow down, everyone must worship you, I mean worship the, the, king that, I mean the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has built. But then they said, but there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of Babylon. Three persons: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who paid no attention to the decree that King Nebuchadnezzar has issued. What did they do? They did not serve the God. They did not worship the image of King of the goal that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So just, uh, just a, a fun fact. So remember, during this incident, Daniel was not in this incident. There's only three persons." Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we know for sure Daniel will be like his friend to refuse to bow down, to refuse to worship the golden statue. This is, this is very clear to us. So, continue on. King Nebuchadnezzar, once he heard the, the astrologer's report, he was very angry, he was very furious. He summoned Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were brought before the king, and King Nebuchadnezzar asked him one more time, are you sure you will not bow down you will not worship the statue that I've built. The answer was, no. Once again, king asked them one more time, are you sure you will not bow down, you will not worship the golden statue? But if you are to worship them, worship this statue or bow down, very good. But if you do not want to worship, I'm going to punish you all. I'm going to throw you into the blazing fire furnace. And during that time, tell me who is able to rescue you from from the fire. But again, the answer is the same. No, we will not. So what did King Nebuchadnezzar do? He was very angry. He called his strongest army to tie the three of them up and throw them into the blazing fire furnace. Okay? But in the Bible, it also states that King Nebuchadnezzar ordered his soldier to heat up the fire seven times hotter than as usual. So it was stated in the Bible that the soldier that tied up the, these three guys, or Daniel's friend, into the furnace, they were also killed because of the hot temperature of the furnace, seven times hotter than usual. So you can imagine how hot the fire was, and how hot this fire was able to kill the soldier, even though they are not in the, the blazing, the fire furnace. So it was very hot. So, continuing on, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to confirm. So he asked his officer, his uh, people there, his advisor, to say, are you sure that we tied only three persons inside the, the furnace? And they said, yes, you're on. Yes, King Nebuchadnezzar. There's only three people inside there. But then the king saw four men. Four men walking around the blazing fire furnace, and they were not tied up. They were not burned. They were perfect. So the so king was King Nebuchadnezzar was very curious. Why is there four people? Why is there an extra person there? We did not throw another four persons. So he went to the opening of the furnace and he shouted for three of them to come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they came out and surprisingly, everyone was shocked. Everyone saw them that the fire did not burn them. Their robes were perfect. Their hair didn't smell like any smoke. They were perfect. They did not feel like they were in a fire just now. So King Nebuchadnezzar, because of this incident, he was, he was very happy. So he said, praise to God. Praise to the God that Meshach, Sedrach and Abednego praise that God has sent an angel to save His servant from the fire. So these three men, they trusted their God. They refused to obey the decree King Nebuchadnezzar has issued. And then, because of this incident, King Nebuchadnezzar made another law to say that anyone who says against who says anything against this God, the God of sedrak Meshach, and Abednego, which is also the God that we have we believe now will be cut into pieces and will be thrown, and their house will be turned into piles of rubbers. It means that the house will be burned into ashes. For no God can save them this way. See, the story of Sederach, Meshach, and Abednego is very clear. They three of them, they stood very strong by their faith. They believed the God that they, they were taught since young at home. They believed that their God will deliver them from all harms and danger the only God that they follow, which is the God that we are following today. So we know that since young, I believe their parents had instilled in their mind, teaching them the lessons from the Bible, the Bible character, so that the parents want to instill into their mind who is the true God, who is the God God that will be able to deliver them from all harms and danger. So clearly, we can see that they 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 know what they are doing. They know what they are doing. They know what they are standing up for. So they establish their conviction, their values, their opinion, and put it into action. Knowing something doesn't mean that you know everything. You have to put it into action, which we will discuss a while later. So they know that they will not give it to anything other than the God that they believe. See, in life, when you dare to be different, sometimes you are very lonely. You are alone. No one is there with you. But then, being alone, you must stand strong. Just because everyone else is doing certain things, certain way, doesn't mean they are right. They may be, everyone, all of them may be wrong, and you may be the only right one. So, this is how we can make a stand for Jesus, which is also a title for this morning's sermon, which we will deal with the question, how can we make a stand for Jesus? I've broken down this into three points, which is three T's, very easy to remember. Three T's. Train, trust, and try. Train, trust, and try. Let me break it down. So the first one, train, it all starts from our mind. It starts from what we feed our mind. The things that we put into our mind and into our heart. We train our heart, we train our mind to be in line with God's Word, to be in line with God's teaching, to immerse ourselves into the Word of God. We have to love God's Word so that we can be in line with Him. So our values can be the same as Him. It all starts in and from His words. Everything starts from the Bible. Everything starts from His word. So how can you make a stand for something if you do not believe in something? How can you believe in something if you do not know that? So you have to study the Bible so that you know it. And when you know it, you believe it. Clear? So how can we know Him If we do not spend sufficient time, if we do not spend enough time reading His words, talking to Him, talking in prayer to Him, it's impossible. We must spend enough time with Him in prayer, in talking to Him, in in reading His words, so that our mind can be in line with Him. See, when we influence our mind and our heart with His words, His words, His teaching, it will definitely transform our action the way we do certain things, the way we portray ourselves, the way we treat others, the way we show other people that we are God's children. So our convictions depend on what we put into our mind. Our values, our opinion depends on what we put in our mind. If we put rubbish in our mind, the things we say are definitely going to be rubbish. But if we put God's word into our mind, the things that we say will definitely be what God wants us to say. Very clear. See, the things that we put in our mind, it will be like the books that we read the novels, the music that we listen, uh, the, the movie, the drama series that we watch, this kind of thing will affect our mind. It will change our mind in a way or another. So, as well as the teaching we learn from home, like the children here this morning, they have been instilled with children's story. They have been in, in the kindergarten cyber school, the primary cyber school, all the lessons have been instilled into their mind. So, when they grow up, all these lessons will be in them every single day. So, since young, We were taught at at home that the convictions, the value, the lessons that were taught to us will be our conviction, our practice, our value, and our opinion. So, put God's word into your mind. It will transform us and we can be drawn closer to Him. Okay, there's an illustration here. Let's flashback during the two years lockdown. uh, Two years lockdown. I mean, during the lockdown period two years ago, we were all stranded at home. We had plenty of time. Some of us uh, took up hobbies, uh, took up cooking, start cooking, start gardening. We had a lot of time. It was fun. It was quite fun when, while it lasted, right? But then, a question here. Did anyone started to watch Korean drama or was addicted until today to watch Korean drama? Just admit it and raise your hand. The people behind, were in front of you cannot see it. Okay, I don't see any hands, but I know some of you watching Korean drama until now. Yeah. I believe a lot of people watch Korean drama. But of course, you know, in the drama itself, definitely this scene will come. Korean barbecue. In Korean dramas, definitely there will be Korean barbecue. This is their staple meal. So a table full of meat, there's kimchi here, there's bibimbap, I'm not sure what those, but then there's a lot of meat. You get to see this in the Korean drama. And what happened? Because of the drama they're watching, and because of all this scene, you want to eat Korean food. You crave for Korean food, I believe that. You go to maybe Tanjong Paga to get the best Korean food there. And some even started to learn Korean language. Some even started to use the skincare product that was advertised in the drama. Why? This this kind of simple drama can affect the things we do, can affect our mind, can influence what we want to do. So clearly, whatever we do to immerse ourselves in God's Word to spend time with Him in his reading His Word, to spend time talking with Him in prayer, and when we mingle with like-minded people, like-minded people, or God-fearing people, this is going to influence our mind. It's going to change our action. It's going to change what we talk, what we say. And that's how we train our mind. So there's a saying that says, show me your friends, and I'll show your future. But then let me change this this statement into uh, the way what God wants us to do. So God will say this. Show me your conviction, and God will show you your future. So God wants to say this, that show me your conviction, and God will show you your future. So sometimes we may say things like, nah, I'm lazy to read the Bible, the Bible is boring, it's so dry, it's like a history textbook, i rather go and watch my series, listen to my music, listen to podcasts, to novels. This kind of thing happens to us. Sometimes we are very lazy to read the Bible, we tend to scroll Facebook, we tend to scroll Instagram, hours. But we don't spend time, we don't spend enough time reading the Bible. So what can we do is that we have to ask God for wisdom, ask God for guidance so that we like His words, so that He can reveal Himself through His words, so that He can portray Himself through His words. We have to love the Bible then, we can read the Bible every day. You will not be able to love something and not do it every day. Because you love something every day, you you want to do it every day. So the more we spend time with God, the more closer we are with God. It draws draws us closer to God. So our values will change and will be aligned. The important part here, we will be aligned with God's word. Then we can make a stand for Jesus. That's the first part. Train. So after training your mind, After training your heart, what's next? Trust. The next point is trust. To trust God. So what is trust? To put your full trust into something or someone. Here I mean to say that you let God lead the way, let God take the will, let God guide you through the way, no matter what the outcome may be. No matter what the outcome may be. You trust Him completely with your heart. But sometimes we human, we, use, we, we, we oftentimes say this, yeah, I know God, I come to church every week, I sit at the front row, I hit up the, I hit up the chairs at the front row, I join all the Sabbath school, I join all the care group, I join all the church activities. But then the question is, I don't still quite trust Him. I still prefer my judgment, I prefer my decision. This doesn't show any trust at all. We, used, we tend to believe to ourselves, we tend to doubt God. We don't trust Him. But let's go back to the Bible. Flip your Bible to Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 onwards. Let's see what the Bible tells us about this, about trust. Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. And this is what the three friends said to King Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And if we were to thrown into the blazing fire furnace, our God, see, our God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will Deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Stop there. You see, when I say the word is able, with will, I emphasize it's very strong. The Bible uses the word will. It's definite. They know this is pure trust. They know that their God will deliver them. They know their God will save them from this kind of harm and danger. The Bible clearly used the strong word will. 100%. No doubt. So this is pure trust. This is believing in God, fully putting their trust to the God that they believe. See, next in verse, verse 18, this is what they said to the king again. And even if their God does not deliver them, we want you to know, King Nebuchadnezzar, we will not serve your golden statue. We will not. See, again, the word will. They, they really believe their God, they put their full trust to the God that they believe. They will not give in to King Nebuchadnezzar, nor will they worship and bow down to the golden statue. So strong belief in God, strong faith in God. We know, all of us we know, that our God is very powerful. He is able, He will provide when we ask for it, and He will show you the way when things get tough, when things get very difficult. But then, we tend to doubt Him. We tend to have a lot of question in our mind saying that, I don't know if I can do it. I don't quite believe that God can make the way. Can I follow my decision? Can I make my judgment? Can I not follow? Oh, this kind of question. This kind of question always pops into our mind. A lot of question marks. See, if we believe, if we really believe and trust God, and when this kind of question pops into our mind, go back to the key text for this morning. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Romans chapter 2, verse 2, that says that we will not conform to the pattern of this world, but to trust Him. Why? Why should we trust Him? Because we want to fully experience His goodness, His perfect will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Only when we trust, we are able to experience God's will. See, let's say for the next Olympic, anyone here knows this person, this wonderful athlete? Okay, his name is Day, he's Usain Boat. Okay, so he is Usain Boat, the, ho- the record holder for 100 meters, 200 meters, and four times 100 meters in the Olympic. He with eight Olympic gold medal. Okay, so let's say we're having an Olympic next year. Okay, uh, maybe it may not be next year, but let's say we have an Olympic next year. This is your first choice of athlete. And then, okay, he has perfect track record, okay, perfect, never lose before. And you have another person who is this one, okay? who is just an amateur runner, who runs for fun, oh, that's me, sorry, who runs for fun, has no record, has no gold medal, but just a normal runner. So who would you choose for the next Olympic? Who would you be confident in delivering all the gold medals for you? Or in other words, who would you bet your money on? I'm not here to, gam- to promote gambling, but then who would you bet your money on for the gold medal? Of course, you choose the purple guy. No, of course you will choose Usain Bolt, why? Because he has perfect track record. He, he know he for sure, no doubt, he will deliver the gold medals for you, unlike the purple guy here. He may not, maybe he win if it's, there's luck for him. But then you know Usain Bolt has a perfect track record, he will deliver the gold medals for you, no matter what. So in life, if you do not trust someone, if you do not truly Uh, trust someone, you will not pass something important to them. For the simple reason, you do not trust them enough. You do not fully trust them and you will not pass something important to them. Only when you fully trust that someone, only when you fully trust that person, then you will pass something very important to them to let them lead you. So we have to direct ourselves to God, telling Him that God, this is my problem now. This is what's happening in my career. This is what happening in my business. This is what's happening in my love life. This is what's happening in my family. I want to pass all this to you. I want you to take control of all this. I want you to lead the way. When you have this kind of trust, you'll be able to let God lead the way no matter what. And He will provide for you if you ask from Him. You see, the problem, the problem that we face nowadays is that we do not fully trust God. We still tend to doubt Him, even though we know that we always say in our Bible text, we trust God, I trust God, I'm going to church every day, every week, this kind of thing. But then sometimes we don't, we, our heart is not softened. We do not fully trust Him. We tend to doubt Him. We tend not to trust God, the God that promised that He will deliver us. But only if we believe who He says He is, then we can surrender something in our life, something important in our life, to let Him take control of us. And that's how we can Make a stand for Jesus. So back to my first point. First, we train our heart. We train our mind. And next, we trust Him. We put full trust into Him. The last point, very important. Without this, you, the first two points is useless. The most important one, to put things into action. To try to put everything into action, to solid action. So, see, if you do not do anything today, whatever I tell you here is crap. If you do not do anything, you need a solid action. You have to do something. You will not be able to experience God's goodness. You will not be able to experience God's miracle if you do not try. There's, there's a Malay saying that says, Belum try, belum tau. Sekali try, hari hari mau Which in English, it, it simply says, you never try, you never know. But once you try, you want it every day. Very clear. If we were to try God every day, if we were to experience, we want to experience God every day, we have to put things to action. Read the Bible and do what the Bible says. Trust Him fully and put everything to action. And because of that, you want it every day. Amen. Amen. See, Daniel's friend took the courage at, their, their, at the risk of their head being chopped off, at the risk of them being thrown into the fire furnace seven times hotter than usual. They took the risk. Why? Because they want to stand up for Jesus and they, were so, they have the courage to confront King Nebuchadnezzar, to tell him, we will not worship your golden idea, We will not bow down. We will not give in to you. This is purely trusting God. This is putting their trust, putting what they learned into action. They stood up for God. They fully trust God. They put their values, their convictions, their opinion to be aligned with God. They know what is right, even though when they are surrounding the people around them who were bowing down, the astrologer, the officer, the people, the laymen who were bowing down, but three of them stood strong, stood high, because they know what, they stood up. It's the right thing. They believe that God will be able to deliver them, even though the punishment is going to be very harsh. See, they have all the reason to give in to the pressure around them. But what did they do? They did not. They did not give in to the pressure. So that's the only way we can experience God in return. And in return, if we we are willing to put these things to action, we are able to experience God's miracle. So many of us, sometimes we we may miss out on God's goodness just because we are afraid to try. We miss the last step. We can do the best. We We can read the Bible every day. You can memorize the Bible 10 times. You can trust Him fully. But if you do not try... The first two points is useless. You need these three to go together. You train your mind, you trust Him, and also to put things into action, to try. Try to experience Him. Let Him portray Himself. Let Him reveal Himself and show you the miracle. So, train your heart, train your mind with God's Word. Put your whole trust into Him. And the last one, put everything into action. And that's how we can make a stand for Jesus. So this morning, I've dealt with the question of how can we make a stand for Jesus. My sermon ends there. But then I have a question here. A question for you to bring back this afternoon. A question for you to ponder upon, which is, will you make a stand for Jesus? So thank you very much. Be sure to be here again next week, same time, same place. You can be on the same seat. Don't change. We still have extra space. We still have the floor here. Because Daniel Kim, the next speaker, will be journeying with you the next question. How can we make a stand for Jesus in an unexpected situation? So that's all from me. Thank you very much and God bless.
1: Wow, thank you, Sherwin, for a very, very practical sermon. Train, trust, and try. I think that applies to a lot of things. So to just carry on with that energy and that conviction, the closing song, I'd like all of you to try and stand. Let's sing a song, stand up for you. stand up stand up for jesus these soldiers of the cross live high his royal banner it must not suffer loss from victory unto victory his army shall he lead. Christ is Lord indeed, and up, stand up for Jesus. The trumpet call obey. For to the mighty come. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be.
0: so pray. our Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity of service Lord. May you continue to be with us, guide us so that we can train our mind, train our heart to put our full trust into you and of course to put everything into action to try to experience your love, your miracle in our life Lord. May you bring us back next week here as we continue to make a stand for you day by day, every single day. In Jesus name we pray, Amen. Amen.